So as you can tell, I'm not from around here by my accent. I'm actually from Texas. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm from Peru. Oh no, I'm actually from England, obviously. But I do live in Peru. You can see my picture of my beautiful family there. My son Daniel is actually here with me in Wakanda, and everyone was so excited when they were going to Wakanda, including even I was in a hotel in Chicago, and they got excited, first of all, about some pictures I had of England, and they got really excited when I said, I'm going to Wakanda. And she was like, what? <laughs> she wasn't from around here either, but it was quite funny. I said, no, it's just a small place, but well, I'll have to visit there, she said. So um, we've actually, my wife and I and Daniel, um, he's, he's a major introvert, and we spent a week of him. He's been amazing, but I think he's extroverted out and not feeling 100%, so he's not with us tonight, and I think resting is probably the best thing for him. But uh, Anna, my wife, uh, we've been married for 19 years, and Daniel is 16, Joel is 14, and Caleb is 11. That's a picture taken on Christmas Day, and it's actually a good picture. I won't tell you how many other photos there are trying to take that photo <laughs> they're in. But parents, you know the answer to that question. My sister said to me once, uh, how do you guys smile all the time? Bribes and lots of practice. Um, so Joel and uh, Caleb are actually Peruvian as well as being British, um, and Daniel was eight and a half months when we moved out. So as I said, we live in southeast. Next slide, please. So we live in a lower middle class area called Los Cedros, the Cedars, and um, lower middle class. Basically, you're looking like somewhere that looks like a hood. Um, when I went to a hood. Um, a few years ago in um, Cleveland, it was like it's really, really poor, and I was like, oh, it looks like where I live. Um, the difference, and we ha actually have a food bank, which again, Chell just mentioned, which is wonderful, um, and I'm so thankful for all of you that have given, because that food bank literally has changed our ministry. It is completely, I'm talking about it a bit more a bit later on, so I won't, I won't, give, you, I won't give you a trailer now, but... Um, it's been amazing how God has changed our church and due to people like those of you that sat here and some people are online. And so I'm so thankful for you. So we have a, a small to medium-sized church. It's quite So actually what you see there is just literally a roof. There's now actually no back to that, um, to that area. That is actually our third plot of land that we own in a row. We have our house. Then we have our old church building we bought in 2016. I talked to some of the leaders about that today. And this is our third plot of land here which we bought last year, which is super exciting how God has supplied our needs in so many ways. Next slide, please. We also have uh, work in an area called Pacifico, which is about 10 minutes from our house by bus, uh, which is a poor shantytown. They don't have any running water, and we actually have something here. Um, we started in 2016 called Casa de Paz, or House of Peace, which helps um, children like these four girls here with a hot meal. That's actually Causa which is not my favorite meal, um, because mashed potato, and I don't like mashed potato, so I always tell Americans, I, any food you don't like, I don't like mashed potato, because lots of Americans like to serve mashed potato. I love everything in mashed potato, just don't like mashed potato, so I'm a little bit weird. But that's a traditional starter, but the, the, the guys get a, a hot meal four days a week on a Tuesday through to Friday. Um, they get homework help, and so as I mentioned earlier, um, many of these kids were C and D students, and now most of them are A students, and it's super exciting. Like we have one, one, one girl who's graduating, and we've given a, a scholarship if when she finds to actually go at university, which is unheard of in that 
sort of area. We're also praying for hot showers because there's no running water in, in the shanty down. So uh, we can't offer them a hot shower because, of course, they would just go... <laughs> because they don't have showers and definitely don't have hot showers in their own place. And one time we did it, we ran out of water. So we're still praying for that one. And the third area working, if you go on, is the Oikos Celebus. That's actually two, that photo is two and a half weeks old, old no more. So on the 20th of, yeah, the 20th of December, I was in the middle of the jungle. That is a really exciting community there, because um, it's only a year, less than a year old, that community. They were actually kicked out of their area, and we were able to go um, and help them and give them what's called a chocolatada, which is panettone uh, and hot, normally tepid, hot chocolate. Um, but, I mean, these guys are so poor and so basic that, as Joel says, my second son, who speaks his mind all the time, he said... That's the only hot chocolate he's ever seen where the water was brown before the chocolate went in. Because <laughs> they had to take river water. So you can imagine all sorts of, all sorts of bugs. So we're looking at ways of doing filters and so on and so forth. With, um, so we can bring natural support as well, physical support as well as spiritual support. So that's the three main areas we work in. And we actually have a church out there as well, as well as the church, the, the church, two churches we have. So it's super exciting what, what God is doing. So that's a very, very brief intro what to do. If you are interested in getting our newsletter, uh, we have a newsletter, please come and speak to me after and I can get, I get you onto our newsletter. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And we just ask now, Lord, that your spirit will come down. Like, as I spoke about Elijah earlier and the fire came down, I pray that the fire comes down tonight, Lord, because you love this church and I can just feel how awesome and amazing this church is, Lord. And there's nothing better than encountering you and having our lives changed. So I pray that for every single person here, those that are on fire and desperate from a touch from you and want to be changed, and those that are a little bit nervous or a bit apathetic, I pray for every single person here, Lord Jesus, that you will change our hearts tonight, Lord Jesus. And I pray that my message will touch the hearts of the people here tonight, Lord, and it won't be my words, but your words, and that you will speak directly to their hearts tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. 5.22, okay. And I might say the time several times because I need to keep my eye on it. Okay, go next slide, please. So I want to talk about the prize and the price tonight, because Chael asked me to speak about a life that is surrendered, and he felt rightly or wrongly, that I was a good person to talk about that. And when I did that, I immediately thought about a talk I heard many years ago, which I've stolen and used many times before, um, about price and prize. And, and I'm going to be reading from Philippians 3, verses 2 to 10, which says, Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and take pride in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh, Although I myself could boast as having confidence even in the flesh. If anyone thinks he is confident in the flesh, I have more reason. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness, which is the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be in loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish, 
so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul is basically saying that he has all the qualifications. For those of you who know the term, he is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as a loss because of what Christ. More than that, I count all things to be in loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ. Paul is saying everything is rubbish. All the amazing qualifications have. I am the best of the best. I've got more reason to say I'm the best. I was circumcised on the eighth day. Good Jew. From the nation of Israel, chosen. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a chosen. The first king of Israel was from the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm not just a Hebrew, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. And to the law, I'm the goat again, I'm a Pharisee. Or I was a Pharisee. After zeal, I persecuted the church. I was so on it. And it's the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Ten out of ten. He's saying top notch. How many of you know this person here? How many people actually know who that is? I don't know if that's better or worse than I was hoping for. <laughs> I'm going to say it publicly, he's the goat. <laughs> Pele, Maradona, maybe, that's Messi. Leonardo Messi, for those of you who don't know, Argentinian, who just won the World Cup, which was the one thing he was waiting for. Think about him, he's won everything. <laughs> Paul's a different level. Well, this one you know better. Again, not, I don't think it's the same. I think Paul was a different league. His dedication was much greater. He went through a heck of a lot more hardship and a lot more sacrifice. But Paul's saying it's all rubbish in comparison to being the goat. The word in the Greek is actually a lot stronger. Let's say excrement, but it's a lot stronger than that. It might be a word beginning with S. Could be a better translation. Not that any of you know what I'm talking about. Paul knew the price of following Jesus. Because he said, I've got it all. But it's rubbish in comparison to what I have. This is what I believe is one aspect of the kingdom of God. Paying the price because the price is worth it. The greatest example is what we all know is Jesus on the cross. He couldn't have found a worse death, I don't think, to pay. But he knew the price was so much better. He was carrying all the sin, past, present and future. And he still did it. And I think in some very, 
small way, I believe we experienced that ourselves in COVID. In a very small, like, that's, not, that's too big. About how we experienced that just before COVID and during COVID and even up to today. But let me give you some background before we get there. So in January 2020, we have an amazing blessing that my in-laws, they're British, but they moved to Australia. And so we just returned from Australia in, in January 2020, and we felt we were like at a crossroads. 2018 and 2019 had been terrible years. Like, to be honest with you, 2020 and 2021 were way easier than 2018 and 2019 for us. Um, we had very close friends and ministry partners who'd left Oikos and basically ghosted us. For those that you don't know what the word ghosted means, it's basically they leave and don't speak to you ever again. And that's what happened to us. Best, Anna's best friend said, I only want to talk about trivial things. And then Anna was like, I don't want trivial things. You're my, you're my best friend. Anna also had PTSD through some medical issues hospitals in Peru think about the worst hospital you've ever been to and multiply that by 100 I mean I've been in places Anna had four ectopic pregnancies um, one time one of the ectopic pregnancies and I said to the guy I am not letting you operate on her without me in there no no that's not allowed I don't care whether it's allowed or not I'm going because I had that little trust in the guy so Anna literally physically in her body couldn't go into hospitals because her body was like, no, this is not a safe place for me. I mean, God has worked through and done amazing things. So literally, 2020, we were like, coming back, had a good rest, coming back from Australia. I mean, it's a real blessing of being involved. We came back and we'd heard about this thing happening in a place called China. This thing that, a place that I'd never heard of called Wuhan. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. And we just didn't know what God was saying to us. We were living, as I said, in a lower middle class area in southeast Lima. Our boys, because of the PTSD, partly Anna was homeschooling them, but then it just got too much for us, so we put them in an international Christian school, an American school in, um, in the tourist, what I call Tourisville, which is about 30 to 45 minutes by, by car to get to. And we were just asking the Lord. We, just don't, we were doing this job, um, some of... Paul McConaughey, who's also out of 3DM, he's also got a similar accent to me, but he's from the south of England, not the north like me. Not as Anna's also from the south, but I speak proper English. I don't speak like the Queen, but uh, it's still better English, in my opinion. And Paul, Paul was, 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 was with us, and Paul said, you guys can do this job with your hands behind your back. I said, yeah, we can do this job behind, with a hand behind the back with our eyes shut. And I don't say that arrogantly, but we would been leading the church. We're, we're pioneers, and we've been leading the church for probably about eight to ten years at that point. And we wanted to plant a church so we could help other people plant churches. We, we didn't want to be these people that wrote those books, but never actually did it. We want to be people that planted church and helping others to do it. We didn't think it was going to take 12 years. This year, I'm actually handing over the leadership of our church, praise the Lord. <laughs> I thought four or five years. We were ready. It was 2020, we were ready. And we were like, what do we do now? We're at a crossroads, what do we do now? 
So we wrote a list of priorities and our values. Do we go near the boys' school and set up a community there and then come back on the weekends to help there and then when I come back and forth when I need to? Um, we could move to Australia. My in-laws live there. We could probably get a visa. Why don't we can move to America? I've had job offers there. Um, people there, they speak Spanish. And I really wanted to speak. I'd spent so much time and effort speaking Spanish and learning Spanish. I was like, I, I feel God saying we need to be the Spanish. We also felt we needed to work with the poor. We just had so many options, but God's clearly said, stay where you are, which wasn't the answer we wanted to hear because we were frustrated. We were bored. And for me, working with God and being with God is not boring. But God clearly said, stay. And then COVID got worse. And Peru has a tendency, low education has a tendency, and that's an English euphemism, but that's an English subtle way of saying it has a tendency, as in it's really bad at it, to overreact. We had five cases of COVID and they shut the entire country down. They didn't, it's, it's basically police parents treating juvenile children. That's the way to think about proving government and proving people. And Martin Vizcarra, the president at that time, we've had four presidents since then. That's a whole other story we're going to. One lasted five days. And the current one has only been in there for about two months now. He was very left-wing and decide, and it was all about, we're going to help the masses, but not the individuals. And there's no understanding of mental illness in Peru. He said, we're going to lock it down. And because it said that COVID was worse for kids, oh no, it didn't, did it? It said COVID was better for kids. Kids were not allowed out of the house for 100 days. My children never left the house in 100 days. I broke the, we were not allowed to use our car. I broke the law by opening um, our garage door, as I would say. You guys can translate into American English. Put Reverse the car out, which got flat tyres because it, it, was, it was that long it had been sat still. So we could play some sort of sport at five o'clock in the afternoon so the boys actually had some sort of activity in our small area. School went online overnight. And some kids will be suffering for the next 15 years because they've had no education. And then... Mid to late March, we were like, what the heck is going on here? We do not understand what's going on. Because he just said two weeks more. They may have said that ten times, but they just said two weeks more. So we didn't believe them after three or four times. And Anna had went to bed early. She had a headache, a migraine. She went to bed and woke up at two or three in the morning. God said to her, start a food bank. And we at that point, to put it in context, we at that point had done lots of campaigns for school supplies, for getting kids' Bibles for kids in the jungle. And $5,000, more or less, had always been the amount we'd raised. And it'd taken months to raise that sort of money. Praying, asking people, putting in newsletters. Well, we said, okay, we want to feed 150 families. How much does that cost with current living and so on and so forth? 
$5,000. Okay, let's just put it in a quick newsletter and see what happens. 24 hours later, we were serving food. We'd raised $5,000 in 24 hours. Over four months, we raised $90,000. So guys, you were included in that. 22 different countries, five different continents sent money. It was incredible. We hardly sent out any newsletters because we didn't have time because we were waiting for, working for the morning. moment we woke up in the morning to one o'clock in the morning. God did amazing things. One person out of the 5,000 families or so that we served, one person said no to prayer. Everyone else said yes to prayer. Some people will flail on, their ground, on the ground as we prayed for them. We put a banner up the first day to say, do you need food? We took it down after 24 hours because someone took a photo of it and put it in a Facebook group for Venezuelan refugees. Anna received, we stupidly put Anna's WhatsApp number on that banner. She received 730 WhatsApp messages and calls the next day. People were calling us from all over the city, all over the country, and even other countries. The need was so great. It was hard work, but it was amazing what God did. And so many of those, like obviously we've not got 5,000 members of our church. We're not quite Acts yet. We're still praying for that. But our church has grown. I, I mentioned this this morning. What was our church building is now our kids' ministry area. Because God has grown so much, the things that he's doing, which is incredible. The personal price was really heavy, to be honest with you. The boys, we had to get two dogs because Joel, our second son, was like, I want a dog, I want a dog, I, don't, I need a companion, I want a dog, I want a dog. He's a massive extrovert, more than I am. To the point where we said, no, you can't talk, talk talking about dogs anymore. So he started building shrines to dogs, so we just find them. I don't really like dogs, if I'm completely honest, but we have two dogs now. That's not the really hard price, but our boys suffered. But the prize was so amazing. We have seen so many lives changed by what God has done through COVID and what God has done through that food bank. I think so often we don't want to pay the price. Can we go on? Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll come to that in a moment. The personal price... Um, so often we don't want to pay the price because we don't know the price. And sometimes the price is a word of faith. Or we don't trust God enough. Or we don't think he's a good God. It's so funny that John said something very similar this morning, uh, this earlier. And I think over the years, the ups and downs of ministry, we've always seen at least these, the two things that God is good and God wants the best for us and Paul he certainly had no doubts that soft suffering was part of the gospel and suffering is not comfortable let's just read this are they Hebrews so am I are they Israelites so am I are they descendants of Abraham so am I are they servants of Christ I am speaking as if I'm insane 
I'm also in far more labours, in far more imprisonments, beating times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Every day I get that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I've spent adrift at sea. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from countrymen, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger among false brothers. I've been in labour and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is daily pressure on me for concern for all the churches. Can we move on, please? Uh, and then it jumps to 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. Uh, if boasting is necessary, though it is not beneficial, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows such a man was caught up in the third heaven. I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up in paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. Paul saw the glory of God. Paul experienced an amazing thing that I think I've experienced to a little amount, but not the same amount. Because of that, he was willing to go through all those things. He is way more pure, way more holy, way more with it than I am. Let's not compare, because comparison is a thief of joy. Each person's journey is different. But Paul knew the prize, which is Jesus. I'm not there yet, if I'm completely honest. I don't know the prize that is Jesus. Anna, my wife, is much better at that. She's like, she has this heavenly perspective that I'm getting there. I'm not there yet. Paul knew that. Paul had no doubt. This is where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. If I stay here, that's good for you guys. It's not good for me. My words. interpreting what the Bible says. For me, if I know what God is saying to me, if I have a prize, I'm going to pay the price. But I'm not at that level yet. Jesus knew the price. And we are called Christians, little Christ. We want to imitate and be like him. And I've grown. I've massively grown. I spend a lot of time in the word of God. I spend a lot of time listening. I do a lot of disciplines. And I want to encourage you tonight. Get into the word of God. Get into the word of God. Spend time with God. Walk with him. I, I become a marathon when I've got time. I'm looking at the clock. It's 5.42. It's too late. For me, reading the Bible is a re- has been a real discipline for me. So I started listening to the Bible. I'm a marathon runner. I know I look more like a rugby player. That's because I was. But there's not much rugby going on. But I've become a marathon runner. Since 2016, I've, I've run three marathons now. And marathon running is like life. In the training, there are times when you're like, this, I could do this all day. And there's times like, why am I doing this? Two days ago, I went, I went out for a run. No, it was yesterday even. <laughs> so, yesterday, I was like, I really don't want to go out and run, but I need to. And life sometimes like that. And I listen to the Bible because I've struggled to read the Bible. But it's so important to hear what God is saying to me. And sometimes... I've got to, it feels like God, nothing's gone in. Other days I'm like, oh my word, that's a new revelation. I'm learning to study the Bible as well as listening to the Bible. I'm learning to listen to something called Lectio Divina. It's, it's an amazing thing that leads you through 10 minutes in the morning. It's a great app. I've been loving it. While I'm making food, I'm just listening to, 
to people praying with me, reading a passage and praying with me, and it's wonderful. Because that gives me strength. It gives me direction. It makes my mind more like Christ's. So when those difficult times come, when the price is really heavy, I'm like, no, I've got a prize. It's Jesus. I started praying more corporately. I started fasting. I hate fasting. Last year, I was like, well, I'm a marathoner. I'm training for a marathon. I can't fast. I'm training for a marathon. Oh, my word. I actually said that out loud as well as in my head. But I have been creative. And I'm like, actually, I need to fast. And now it's not even an option. The reason I fast is because I know God wants me to fast and I want to get closer to him. But it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I'm not saying, maybe you want to fast. Just fast one meal. Fast chocolate. Yes, I know one meal is probably easier than chocolate for some of you. But get close to God because it's worth it. I have no, I'm, I've moved from a position of, I know I should do it. I know the Bible says it. I know I should do this. To now where I'm like, it's not an option. Praying as much as I pray. I want to pray more. And at first it's difficult. At first it's a discipline. But then you just have joy. And it's like, I know things I do now. I would never have dreamed of doing five years, ten years, fifteen, twenty years ago. And people are like, wow, Mark, you're amazing. No, I'm not amazing. God's amazing. But God has taken me on a journey. I want to encourage you to be in the same place. Out, I go shopping. I do the shopping in our house. And for me, it's an opportunity. For some of you, this would sound like the world's worst nightmare. I love to evangelize and prophetically evangelize to the, to the checkout assistants. That's not for all of you. And some of you are thinking, I'm going now. <laughs> I don't, everyone, no, one's, no one's going, oh, that's good. But what's the way that you can share the love that God has for you with someone else? My, my mother-in-law, for example, she's probably an evangelist in the five-fold ministry, but she's a massive introvert and she's very timid. But she just invites her friends to go for coffee. And she does it so well. We're not all evangelists, but we're all called to evangelize. How can you share the love of Jesus with other people? I want to finish with this picture. You go ahead. That is Karina. The tattoo says exactly what it says on the line. While we look at, not at the things which are seen, but things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You pretty much mentioned that today, didn't you, Chael? And it was mentioned the week we were away. I was like, okay, interesting. Karina is a member of our staff. She's in charge of our food bank. To say her life is troubled would be an understatement. <laughs> I won't even go into details because it's pretty difficult. But I used to quote that verse all the time. She was like, I need to put that on my elbow, on my forearm, sorry. Because we need to have that perspective because we're only here for 70 years, more or less, 80 years. Which sounds like a long time, especially the young people here, but it's not compared to eternity. And I'm preaching what Anna says to me. I'm not preaching what I believe here, by the way. I know it's the truth, but I'm not there. It's only short. We need to have a heavenly perspective. And that's going to cost us. There's a price to that. 
but we've got such an amazing opportunity here on the earth to share God's love with other people. And it's going to cost you. But it's worth it. Every time I sacrifice, every time I've paid a price in my life, the price has been so much greater. And I've got thousands of examples I could give you. When you cross the finish line of a marathon, you just die. I don't know how I did the last half a mile, because I had nothing. Literally had nothing. And I realized that when I crossed the line. I couldn't even walk. I couldn't walk 100 feet after I'd just done 26 miles, 385 yards. It's bizarre how your body does that. And the Christian life is just the same. We're going to reach the finish line. But the difference is you're not going to be like, oh, you're going to be in perfect glory. But actually, we've got 26 miles, 385 yards to do first. So how can we respond to this? Number one, can you, can you see the price, the prize, neither or both of them at the moment? And what do you need to take that as a next step? Maybe some of you can see the prize that God has given you. You're like, I don't want to take that price. I don't want to pay that price. Maybe some of you, at the moment, your life is really difficult. And you're like, yeah, the price is obvious. My life is just a mess. So you need a vision of what the prize is that Jesus has for you. Maybe you're like, I've no idea what that weird Englishman just said today. You've got no idea of the price or the prize. Or maybe you're like, yes, I know, but I just need to be obedient and get on with it. And the second question is, do you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit to help you with the prize, price, both, or just you just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because that's okay as well. So I want to invite you to stand. Thanks, John, you got the message that I didn't give you. Lord Jesus, we just come here humbly right now. I just need more of you. We need more of you, Lord. Whether we know it or we don't know it, Lord. You did it all on the cross, Lord Jesus. You took the highest price possible because you knew the prize. You just surrendered and said, Lord... Not my will, but yours. So maybe some of you need to say that right now. Not my will, but yours. And that's a really hard thing to say, but it's so worth it. If you, want, if you need to say that, just say that in your heart right now. You don't have to, if you want to say out loud, great, but I don't want to put you on the spot. The problem with Jesus is we're not perfect like Jesus, but Paul was imperfect. And Paul paid a cost, a price way higher than any of us will ever, ever experience. You saw that list in 2 Corinthians 11. I mean, being shipwrecked three times is like way more than most of us will ever experience. He was beaten. But he knew the prize was so. He had that heavenly perspective. He was the goat, but he didn't care because he knew there was a greater goat. Who's the goat? 
beginning, middle and end. And I just want to start by taking the time of confession. Because I feel that I need to confess right now. Because not that I feel like a fraud, but I'm like, I haven't paid the price enough. And I don't do that condemnation. I don't do that out of a place of, oh, I'm so bad. Because he is worthy, so I am worthy. And for some of you, you need to hear that. Oh, I'm so bad, but he's worthy, so you're, you've been cleansed. You've been, you've been made spotless in his eyes. But we just need to say sorry for our lack of faith, our lack of trust in God, for believing that he's not a good God, for believing that our Father wants to punish us. Thank you, John, for starting that way, that he's harsh because of our earthly experiences more than likely. So just in your heart, just get it done. Don't mess around. Just say simple words. Talk to your heavenly daddy. And just say to him, Lord, I'm sorry. Just forgive me when I've not seen the prize or not wanting to pay the price. And I know for some of you that's a really difficult thing to say, but I want, we're in a safe space. We're in a holy space. We're in a holy moment right now. And God wants to do amazing things right now, right now. I am excited about what God wants to do. But God is not going to, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The way I describe the Holy Spirit sometimes, it's like an English gentleman from the 19th century and walking along arm in arm with his wife and there's a puddle in the way and he gets out, takes his coat off and puts the, puts the coat over the puddle so his wife doesn't get wet feet. That's the Holy Spirit. Not going to force you to do anything that you don't want to do, but I want to encourage you. Go all in. Say... I don't know the prize. I don't know the prize, if that's the case. But I want to know them. I want to pay that because it actually is important enough. I want to surrender. I don't want to be just a normal, lukewarm Christian that gets spat out, as it says in Revelation. I want to be all in. But I need to see your glory like Paul did. I need to be filled with your spirit. So Lord, we just want to confess right now. I want to confess and I'm leading everyone in that, Lord. Raise your hands if you want to do that and just say, Lord, forgive me. And be specific about what you're saying sorry to God for. Be specific and say, Lord, I'm sorry for... In my case, it's doubting that he can work miracles in my life and in my heart and in friendships be completely honest with you that's what I know the Holy Spirit's just brought up I've doubted the Lord in that area and I'm sorry Lord forgive me because I know the prize is far greater I know the prize is far greater so I want to pay the price and I say that publicly now Lord just say to him he wants to hear you he loves you just say to him what you need to say right now And Lord, I just pray right now, wave of your spirit come across your people right now, Lord. Fill them, Lord, with that wisdom and revelation that Chael mentioned earlier, Lord. So they will know what the prize is and what the price is. And they will say, I'm willing to pay that. 
because I know who you are, Jesus. Whether it's Jesus as the prize or it's something different. For me, it was to, my prize was to see many people come to Jesus. But I want to see the prize that is Jesus and I don't care what happens to me. But I'm not there yet. I'm being honest, I'm not there. And if you're not there, that's okay. But what is the prize that God wants to show you? Just come, Holy Spirit, and reveal it to your people right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just minister to your people right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray that. Have your way, Lord. Just a fresh filling of your Spirit come upon your people right now. Just come. And I want to invite you to come forward right now as well. Those of you who need to be prayed for. Don't be nervous. There's nothing wrong with you if you come forward. If you're coming forward, it's more likely you respond to the call of God. Just come. Don't wait. Just come forward. Don't be shy. Be that first person that gets the extra blessing. Just come and say, I need to be prayed for because I need someone to stand with me for the price of the prize. I just want the Holy Spirit. More of you, Lord. Just come. Stand, kneel, sit, whatever God say to you. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just fill your people right now, Lord. Just do your work in their lives, Lord Jesus. Just come. And I just feel straight away there's some of you that have never, ever come forward for prayer. It's worth it because it's a physical demonstration of what God is doing in your heart. And I know that I feel in my spirit there's at least two people here who've never come forward before. I'm not looking at anyone deliberately. There are two people here at least that have never come forward. And God's saying, you know that I'm talking to you right now. Come forward. And I love if the prayer team can come forward and pray for the people. If you're part of the prayer team and you can receive, just come forward anyway and receive. If you're not receiving right now, I'd love the prayer team to come and I'm going to pray in a minute but I just feel there's more business that needs to be done keep coming guys keep coming guys